Good morning. Hope that you guys are doing well. My name is Dwayne. This is Directional Bible Ministries, and today is June the 10th. Uh, open your Bibles to Acts chapter number 7, and we're going to pick up in verse number 54 today. Uh, just for a little repeat, and then we'll move forward into some new territory. Again, doing this, uh, we're going to be doing these recordings throughout the week. Having all kinds of technology issues with maintaining a live connection with Facebook Live may be forced um, in the interim just to record them and then upload them as premieres. So, uh, but I would do that. It would still premiere uh, at nine o'clock. May have to adjust the time. If you've got some uh, a better time because we're out of the quarantine schedule now. So maybe nine o'clock might be a little late. I remember doing the, doing these as early as 6 a.m. in the morning. That might be a little too early, but let me know what would be a good time and I'll, I'll take a, I'll take that into consideration. So I think I'm just for, for the sake of consistency, I'm just going to record these and then premiere them on Facebook Live. And also they premiere on YouTube. So, but anyway, not the same time. So I'm thinking about premiering them on Facebook Live, like at nine o'clock, you know, you give me a time that you guys think is good and then premiere them in the evening on, on YouTube around six o'clock. Uh, so, but anyway, um, Acts chapter number seven, verse number 54. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Ask that you go before us. Bless the reading of your word. Open our ears to hear and our eyes to see and our hearts to understand in Jesus name. Amen. Acts chapter seven, verse number 54. And when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart they gnashed on him with their teeth. As a result of Stephen's words, they became what Albert Barnes calls enraged and indignant. In other words, I don't think it's so much that they were convicted, um, but they were guilted. And as a result, in, they became enraged and indignant. Because if you think about it, you know the, the, the biggest tool of the enemy is guilt. Conviction comes from the Holy Spirit. Guilt comes from the devil. Conviction leads to repentance. Guilt leads to anger. It leads to a pulling away. Guilt, conviction is designed to draw you closer to God. And I think guilt, the devil uses to push you further away from God. Um, so I don't think these guys here were convicted. They were guilted <laughs> for what they were doing. And understand, uh, Stephen's message to them was a message of accusation. It was accusatory from start to finish. Uh, understand, unlike the messages that Peter gave previously, there is no what must we do. You know, the, I mean, these guys were turning on Stephen hard. And this is when would lead to Stephen's uh, stoning, his death. So... <clears throat> they became enraged and indignant that he would dare accuse them of Jesus's death. And that's the way religion works. It always produces a fleshly response. Always. Flesh produces flesh. Spirit produces spirit. When you poke somebody that's in the flesh, they're going to respond in a fleshly way. Um, and understand that these people had rejected their king and his kingdom. There was nothing spiritual about them. Uh, they responded in the flesh because they were in the flesh. Same thing today when, quote, Christians respond in the flesh. The reason they respond in the flesh is because they're walking in the flesh. Um, of course, I'm convinced most of them aren't really Christians anyway. Um, 
And then in verse number 55, but he being full of the Holy Ghost looked up steadfastly in the heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Notice that this verse clearly shows the Trinity. You see, we are what's called Trinitarian. Um, we believe in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, one God. Uh, and in this verse, we see the Holy Ghost, we see the glory of God, and we see Jesus standing at the right hand of God. They, being three, are still yet one. And if you want to argue that, you can go all the way back to the book of Genesis. In the beginning, God. That word God right there is the word Elohim. It is plural. Do you see that? It is plural. <laughs> Let me pull that back up. It's the plural name from God for, for God. Why is it plural? You know, because as you come down through here, um, you see God down in verse number 26. And God said, let us make man in our image. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Trinity can be proven from Genesis 1 to Revelation chapter number 22. But bear in mind, there are people within Christendom that deny the Trinity. Um, you know, of course, the ones that come to mind immediately are Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses. One believes that Jesus is is uh, Michael, um, the archangel. Uh, the other one believes that Jesus is the brother of Satan. But there are those within accepted Christianity, such as T.D. Jakes, apostolics, who deny the Trinity. Um, a lot of that going on in South and Central America, and I would contend a lot of it here. It's just they don't talk about that on their television broadcast because that would be too controversial. Then notice in verse number 56, and said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears, and ran upon him with one accord, and cast him out of the city, stoned him, and witnesses laid their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. Notice that when Stephen said that he saw the Son of Man and cried out, they stopped their ears, they ran at him with one accord. They are understand Stephen is accusing them of killing their Messiah. These people are, have rejected their king. They have rejected the offer of his kingdom. Um, remember in the previous messages of Peter, they said, are you accusing us? Let's see, where was that? Where Peter, there it is, Acts 5, 28. Did we not straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us. Well, Stephen is making no bones about it here. Uh, he is accusing them of killing their Messiah. No doubt. And make no mistake, um, if you've ever tried to share your faith with an unbeliever, uh, sometimes they, they respond with outright hostility. Most of them will just kind of shake their heads, you know, bless their heart and kind of walk away. But some of them respond very uh, violently hostile towards you. And that's happened to me. Of course, the average Christian never shares their faith and doesn't know what I'm talking about. But for those of us that do share our faith, um, you've been, uh, you've been on the receiving end of that, I am sure. Um, why was Jesus standing when everywhere else in the scripture we see him sitting? Well, we don't know. You know, I've heard some fanciful reasons in the past uh, but as I mentioned earlier, they knew the Old Testament. They didn't refer to it as the Old Testament like we do because they don't believe we have the New Testament. So why would they call theirs the Old Testament? But the last time the heavens was opened, 
was in Ezekiel. And it was immediately followed by judgment. Uh, in Ezekiel chapter 1, verse number 1, And it came to pass in the thirtieth year, in the fourth month of the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives by the river Chebar, that the heavens were open, and I saw the visions of God. So they knew their Bibles. So they knew when Stephen said, I see the heavens opened. Just like in the previous verses, when Stephen said, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart, he knew what the, he, they were, they knew what he was saying to them because the last time they were accused of being stiff-necked, judgment fell. And now he's saying the heavens are being opened. Um, in Ezekiel chapter two, he goes on to pronounce, and he said unto them, son of man, I send thee to the children of Israel to a rebellious nation that hath rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me even unto this very day. They are impotent children. They are stiff-hearted. I do send thee unto them, and thou shalt say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, for they are a rebellious house. So they knew what Stephen was accusing them of, and they knew that he was saying they were getting ready to be judged. And understand what's happening here is, is the nation is in the process of committing the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost. Uh, the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit that Jesus warned them about in Matthew chapter number 12. Wherefore I say unto you, all men of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. Um, can we commit this sin today? Yes and no. I mean, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit that Jesus was talking about in the book of Matthew was not speaking to the body of Christ, was not speaking to you and I, it was speaking to the nation of Israel. So in a specific sense, only the nation of Israel could commit that sin. And they did here in, in Acts. But now today, people can push off the Holy Spirit. They can uh, resist the wooing, if you will, of the Holy Spirit and die without Christ and thus effectively committed blaspheming the Holy Spirit. But in a specific sense, this sin is for the nation of Israel, and they are the ones that are committing this here in Acts chapter number 7. And notice at the end of that, and they laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. This is the turning point in the book of Acts. And understand, we have to see the book of Acts as a transitional book. It is taking us from the gospel of kingdom, of the kingdom to the gospel of grace. It is taking us from the offer of the kingdom to the rejection of the kingdom, to the body of Christ. It's, it's a transition. It's taking us from Peter to Paul. That's what the book, without the book of Acts, we would just chop off the gospels and all of a sudden be introduced to this guy named Paul. And it would make no sense at all. We have to learn to view the book of Acts as a transitional book. The first several chapters is all about the 12, the gospel of the kingdom, the offer of the kingdom, and the rejection of the kingdom. And then at the end of chapter number seven, we are introduced to a young man named Saul. And Saul is converted in chapter number nine. And the the body of Christ as we know it began. Paul was the first one into the body of Christ. He was the first believer into 
the body of Christ. And we're going to talk about that next time. God bless you guys. Sorry about all the difficulties today with recordings, but we're going to go with premieres from now on until I can get a little bit stronger signal with my internet. But I hope you have a day, a great day. Remember, God loves you, wants the best for you. He's working all things out for your good.